the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Gotta get excited to see the audience, and then, and then they're there. There's, uh, the, there's, there's, there it is. There's that. There so, uh, how do you feel about yourself today, Jeffy? How's everything going? Fine. We'd like thank to start you. the show with checking in with Jeffy to see how his day oh. has been going. Jeffy, uh, it's, been, it's been going fairly well how today. Are you? Thank we, you. We don't care. Uh, well, you just ask me what to the program. No, I, I, well, we did ask you. We just don't care about the result. I guess we should have been more clear. Um, welcome to uh, the program. <laughs> <clears throat> the broadcast. The, the show. show. The show. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is in the news. I don't know if you've heard about this. What? Um, For what? Yeah, he's the son he of the, the Donald Trump, who is now the president of the United States. Uh, it um, sounded familiar. Right? Yep, yeah, 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 that's who it I is. I wondered if uh, there were any relation. This is how 90% of, I think, America actually talks about these stories in, in private. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I think, isn't he like the son? It says Jr. after his name. Is he related? <laughs> Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, let, let's go through this a little bit. This is kind of interesting. We've got clips from the Hannity thing last night with Donald Trump Jr. So oh, you get to hear. good. It was riveting. It was the first. I'm sure it was. Oh, man, the first. I did, not, uh, I did not see it. Oh, so I, I didn't I either. I, so I'm excited to see it here. I saw Hannity's interview about the interview with uh, Martha McCallum. Okay. Terrific. So there you um, go. So anyway, here's uh, some of the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to do yeah, that? Let's start there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Donald Trump um, talking to uh, Sean Hannity uh, about uh, what he was thinking at the time. Watch. Okay. Honestly, my takeaway when all of this was going on is that mm-hmm. someone has information on our opponent. You know, things are going a million miles an hour. Someone. You know what it's like to be on a campaign. We just won Indiana, but we're mm-hmm. talking about a contested convention. Things are going a million miles an hour again. Mm-hmm. And hey, wait a minute. I've heard about all these things, but maybe this is something. I should hear him out. Okay, mm. when you read the parts about the Russian government or Russia supporting your father, did that put off any sirens in your head? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think this was, again, just basic information that was going to be possibly there. I didn't know these guys well enough to understand that if this talent manager from Miss Universe you know, had this kind of thing. So I wanted to hear him out and play it out and see what happens. But, you know, people are mm-hmm. trying to reach out to you all the time with this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even think about the fact that it was from an enemy 
uh, an agent of an enemy uh, country, uh, a country that uh, is hostile towards the United States. That didn't bother me. I just thought, well, I should meet with them because I got to see what happened. You know what? What's going to happen? I mean, you got information, and so I wanted it, and it didn't really matter that it was it was from, from Russia. <laughs> I didn't even, uh, you know, like uh, I didn't even think, hey, they don't have the best interest of the United States at heart, so uh, maybe I should meet meet with these people. <laughs> What a buffoon. <laughs> well, I mean, it's obvious. what a buffoon. It gets, it gets better. And, and it's such a lie. Like, it's just that casual. Oh, yeah. You're going to meet with a Russian operative, whether she's an agent of the government or not. It's some operative from Russia who's trying to give you information that could affect an American election. You don't even consider that bullcrap. Well, I mean, I, I think they were desperate at the time. And I think... Uh, he just, they said thought, they just won Indiana. It was over. Yeah, it was but, over. But they also had... We're a, talking about the, the, contest, general, yeah. the well, contestant convention. Not the cast- the, I mean, I'm just saying what he said. Yeah, I know what he said, but he's saying that in like, well, it was so crazy, I didn't at the time make the connection. But, but, right. but go beyond this. It's you know this crap. is false for this reason. It's not easy to get a, 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 a meeting with Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and mm-hmm. Paul Manafort. Right. Okay. You can't just get a meeting with these guys. It's not like, it, you, oh, well, someone just said, said something and they said, oh, we just wanted to hear him out. Like they had a loose business acquaintance. The, th- the reason why you hold that meeting is not because you have a lo- every loose business acquaintance the Trumps have ever had have hit them up for something since uh, since he be- became the nominee for the president <laughs> of the United States of the Republican Party. Of course, they've all hit him up and I'm sure they've ignored 95 percent of them. Mm. Why did they accept this one? Because it came with the backing of a man who is tightly connected to Vladimir Putin. He is called the Donald Trump of Russia. And he is a multi-billionaire, and he has some credibility. Um, And the claim came directly from the Russian government. So it looks like it actually has some validity to it. Um, And, you know, look... I can't. I can't excuse why you would would why you would ignore that. Um, but I certainly can't excuse why you wouldn't disclose it. Um, here is uh, he's now trying to Hannity, and I will say this: uh, Hannity followed up there. Uh, you know, and you know, look, Hannity is obviously a uh, you know a friend of of the Trump administration. Um, but at least he's asking. At least he's making him answer these questions. He's not. I don't think he's holding his feet to the fire uh, here necessarily, like maybe you know other people might. But at least he's making him answer the basics. So we have something to go off here. Um, here is the, uh, about the email and, and what he thought it was about. Watch. What did you think it might be? Listen, I've I, been reading about scandals that people were probably underreporting for a long time. So maybe it was something that had to do with one of those things. I mean, this was her, perhaps, involvement with the Russian government. So, you know, again, I didn't know there was any credibility. I didn't know if there was anything behind it. I can't vouch for the information. You know, someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me. You know, I read it. I responded accordingly. And if there was something interesting there, I think it's pretty common. Yeah. What about the timeline? This can is help. pre, for example, WikiLeaks. And the well, DC so this is pre, like, Russia fever. This is pre-Russia mania. You know, this is 13 mm-hmm. months ago before. I think the rest of the world was uh, talking about that, trying to build up this narrative about Russia. So I don't even <laughs> think not, my sirens What's the know, narrative about Russia? The antennas built. went up. At yeah. this time, because of it, because it wasn't the issue that it's been made out it's to be over the last unbelievable you know, man nine months, ten months uh, since it really became a thing. So I think there is an element of context to that. At the time, mm. it wasn't this big news story. 
All right. What did you know about Emin, Emin's father? What did you know about them from Moscow? Was it just the pageant you met them yeah, at? They and had the, the pageant Durrell and they're concert? successful real estate developers over there. So, that, you know, that's the extent of, you know, my knowledge with them. I'd met Emin once or twice uh, and, you know, maintained a casual <laughs> relationship there, talked about some potential deals, and that's about the extent of it. They really didn't go anywhere. What do you know about this Russian lawyer? What did you at the time, if anything, know? I actually didn't know anything about it. Again, an acquaintance, mm -hmm. you know, sent me this email as a courtesy to him. I said, okay, let's meet. Uh, but I didn't know who I was meeting beforehand, never heard of the person, never got the information until they were in the room. Oh, he's his, he's his father's son. You aren't kidding. And that particular Oof. response what is exactly like Donald. Yeah, they really do share a lot yep. there. Uh, mm. Although he did form a lot of complete sentences, so it's not exactly like his dad. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, pretty similar. The attitude is there for sure. Oh, oh totally. I mean, it's... Look, the arrogance is there for sure. This is ridiculous. He didn't oh, know who was in the room. Gosh. In the email, it said it was a Russian government lawyer. And this narrative about Russia crap, do you not know who Russia is? If that's true, then... All of you people need to get away from us. Mm. You need to get out of that house that you're living in because it's our house. Get the hell out and turn it over to somebody who does know what's going on in the world. And I think, look. Good golly, that's atrocious. It is atrocious. And beyond that, oh, the narrative of Russia. You could make mm. the argument there was a narrative being built uh, about Russia. And, and many have. However, you can't make it after you've released the email of the Russian government trying to uh, move into the middle of this election. Well, it's, like, it's not like there was no knowledge about Russia and Russians no. and what their intent is anyway. And in addition to that, there was Come already you know, talk about mm. the hacking and there was already talk. I mean, it was it was that was not the Ukraine had happened. Forward. I mean, a lot of stuff was going on with Russia. <laughs> yes. And he acts like it's just this complete like I. Russia, that's like a blank slate for me at the time. Yeah. Remember, this is a year ago. I, I don't know anything about Russia. Is it a country? Is it a clothing line? Is it a food source? I don't know what the hell Russia is. Who knows what that is? I mean, that's it is a, it's it, just really bad. And just for the audience, <laughs> really it, is a, it is a clothing line. It is, is a clothing that line? That is what it is, yeah. Okay. It's a clothing well, line. Well, then that's not so bad. It's not so bad. What's so, so bad? So what can a clothing line clothes? do to hurt us? Right, not much. Uh, is, uh, Make something that's so, tight in the crotch, I guess. That's about it. Wouldn't you think that maybe a red flag goes off here somewhere? Wouldn't you think that maybe there's a red flag that goes off at some point during this process? Uh, Hannity asked him about that. This is a hypothetical. In any point in your mind, did Don Jr. have a siren saying, okay, they're talking, again, I go back That's to the first email about Russia, Russian government, I'm meeting with this person, you're going to talk on the phone. Did you ever think, uh, maybe this might not be... Listen, I, I think, it, like I said, in retrospect, oh, I probably would have done things a little differently. Oh, Again, good. this is Thank before you. the Russia mania. This is before they were building oh, it up in the press. Goodness. For me, this was opposition research. They had something, you know, maybe concrete evidence to all the stories I'd been hearing about, but they were probably underreported for, you know, years, not just during the campaign. So I think I wanted to hear it out. But really, it, it went nowhere, and it was apparent that that wasn't what the meeting was actually about. It's interesting because that, that take is... Uh, you know, well, I wanted to hear them out. Like, first of all, you don't just hear anyone out on their crazy conspiracy theory. Although, I guess he, Trump did go on Alex Jones's show, so maybe you yeah. know. Um, but still, it's an, it's an odd uh, thing to downplay the foundational uh, sort of credibility this would have coming to you. It's, it's a person you trust at some level, a friend, an acquaintance, enough that you would take a random meeting with a person you yourself say you don't even know who it was. You don't know their name. 
So that's a big step. Like if, if Jeffy comes to me and says, hey, I want you to meet with, with this person. I'm not going to tell you who it is until I get in the room. There's no way I'm taking that meeting. And that's Jeffy. I work with him every day. If Pat said it, I would probably do it because there's a credibility there. Right. Mm. But uh, but that's the point here is he found the guest to be credible enough. He thought there could be something. And remember, he didn't even go in there by himself. If you have some crazy, uh, I got a crazy tip from one of my friends. I'll, I'll hear him out, but it's probably nothing. You don't invite Jared and Paul Manafort into the meeting. Like you, he obviously thought it was something re- legitimate. And we played the clip of the speech where um, right after they locked this meeting down, he starts selling, uh, by the way, uh, I've got some really inside info on Hillary. It's going to come up in a couple of days. Like it, it wound up being, what, two days after the meeting was scheduled? He, or four days after the meeting was scheduled, he was going to make a speech about uh, the potentially the information he was getting uh, in that uh, conversation. Who knows? It didn't wind up panning out, so I didn't do the speech until much later and then didn't include anything new. Um, last one here from the Hannity Trump Jr. Uh, clip. This is about handing um, the documents over. Why didn't you disclose it? Did you hand over any and all documents? Uh, well, I, I will. I've said it publicly. I said it yesterday. More than happy to cooperate with everyone. I just want the truth to get out there. I mean, that's part of why I released all the stuff today. I wanted exactly. to get it all but out this there. They're trying to drag out the story. In all fairness, yeah. you know, they have it. They want to drip a little bit today, drip a little bit then. So I was like, here it is. I'm more than happy to be transparent about it, and I'm more than happy to cooperate no, with No, transparent. So as far no. as you it's know, like, as far as six months ago, it was transparent. There it is. Everything. Now you've been this forced. Was anybody else at any point in the campaign said, oh, I've got information about Hillary that no. you remember? No. Uh, the so, family douchebaggery is mm. is monumental. It's just absolutely. I mean, we should put, we should put him up for a vote in the douche hall of fame. This guy. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think we need to go back down the this worst. It does show you that heredity is real, doesn't it? Uh, According to the feed, uh, someone has oh. uh, recognized two pods from the dumbass tree. I'm not sure. Okay, if that's... I don't know if that's uh, again. I don't know if that's necessary. Um, I, it's in. I look. <laughs> I love our audience. I love it. The only thing that gets me through the day. I will be honest about oh, man. it. It's the only thing that gets me through the day. Um, so, I don't know. Is this it... is why I didn't watch it last night, though. Yeah. Because I knew he'd have this effect on me, and I just it... I don't need it. I don't want it. I can't stand this situation. And there's nothing well, I can do about it. You know it. what? That, look, let me let me let me fix this for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a hard to figure out, as you kind of noted, uh, where the truth and, and the lies are. And that's why we have a really good uh, fact check piece I think you're going to enjoy uh, from The Onion. Are there any ties between Mr. Trump, you or your campaign, and Putin and his regime? No, there are not. It's absurd. Uh, it's absurd. There's no base to it. Oh, good. The word absurd requires a standard of relative normalcy for comparison, which has not been present in a news cycle. involved with Trump and anybody involved with Russia in the 2016 campaign? No. While previous statement is patently incorrect, the wide-eyed panicky expression he wears when delivering it has been ruled mostly accurate. But I'm not involved with Russia. I have had dealings over the years where I sold a house to a very wealthy Russian uh, many years ago. Partially true. Trump sold a beautiful White House with a very well to a very wealthy <laughs> Russian just eight months ago. <laughs> any advisor or anybody in the Trump campaign have any contact with the Russians who are trying to, to meddle in the election? Oh, of course not. False. 
Pence himself, on multiple occasions, contacted Russia begging them to end the obscene practice of putting dolls inside other dolls, which is just, I don't know if that's true. They seem to be suggesting uh, that this is part of a plot to help Donald Trump and hurt Hillary Clinton. Your response? Well, it just goes to show you their exact moral compass. I mean, they'll say moral. anything to Ugh. be able to win this. I mean, this is time and time again, lie after lie. True. This is indeed time and time again, <laughs> lie after lie. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Uh, I, I will say, too, that Donald Trump Jr. thing from Jake Tapper is, in retrospect, is so bad. He knew this meeting so had bad. happened. Yep. He... In, he he, he this shows you criticizes what them on the basis of their moral compass yeah. after he's had a Which meeting with Which tells you everything you need to know about his moral compass. Doesn't it? And it tells you that he is, in fact, a terrific liar. He just looked you right in the face. Mm-hmm. Just categorically, fanatically denied it. Just, I mean, They just don't care. They just they don't, don't care. care. Uh, they don't. It's an incredible group of people. I'll say that. I mean, and, and look, you know, you, again, you might get, you got a good Supreme Court justice out of it. You got a, a, a few good things at the EPA. I mean, there's stuff that you can say that you got that you wouldn't have had with, with Hillary Clinton, clearly. There is uh, so nothing we have that we couldn't have said we would have had with, with a better Republican, Republican any, candidate. No, not any of them. Any of them. Any, I mean, literally any we of them. We go back to, uh, to uh, Jeffy's uh, guy, uh, Jim Gilchrist. Would have been better. Um, would have been better. You would have had, I, I think you could argue, you would have had every single thing and it's almost impossible to argue you wouldn't have had more by now. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I would say, I think some of the EPA stuff, maybe, um, uh, other presidents wouldn't have been ha- as good as, as Trump has been on that. I think he's been pretty solid on that. Gorsuch was on the higher end of a normal pick from a Republican mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court. I think that was actually a better pick than just the average pick. Outside of those two things, which you may have gained a few percentage points... Um, but it's not like dramatically different. Uh, and, you know, again, really the work, and this has to be said, the heavy lifting for Neil Gorsuch was done by Mitch McConnell. As much as I hate to freaking admit that, Mitch McConnell is the reason. Mitch McConnell is the reason you have a Republican and a good Supreme Court justice. Donald Trump could have screwed it up. But Mitch McConnell's delay tactics back when Obama was president is the only reason that you actually mm-hmm. had an opportunity for Trump to make that pick, which he did not screw up, it does not seem. Um, so I, you give him credit for not screwing it up, but it, really the heavy lifting there was done by freaking Mitch McConnell, of all people. And uh, while we've been highly critical of him many times, he deserves, um, uh, it, you know, whether you like the tactic or not, he deserves credit for the tactic. Uh, because he, in, in reality, he delayed that long enough. And, you know, we argued even at the time, you should put it up for a vote and vote it down. If you, if you really want uh, what, whatever, I can't, even, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name now, that they put up uh, and then Mike Lee was suggesting to uh, head the investigation. Uh, I can't think of his name at the moment. Um, but you want to have any, anybody, any Democrat nominee, they should have had, had a vote on that, I think. But he decided to not let them have a vote. He pushed it to the election mm-hmm. and Trump won the election. Uh, and was able to name Gorsuch, so that's great. But, you know, that was really McConnell's gig there. It's only one thing that can uh, brighten up the day after this horrific start with uh, Donald Trump Jr., and that's Charlize Theron. Uh, I will say this is the most important okay. story of the day. This is, I requested this. Now, yeah. it's funny because I requested this uh, after I saw a commercial for it uh-huh. uh, uh, last night. 
uh, to our producer Marissa, and I said, "This is a very important film, and we must watch <laughs> the trailer of it on Patton." Really Stew. important film. I didn't really necessarily important. mean it, it was a, one an of the most A one block story. No, I do, I do. But I, I this I, is a good way to temper what, everything we've yes, gone through over the last nineteen minutes. I, I ser- legitimately, seriously excited over this movie. Yeah, it looks awesome. It does actually. It's probably uh, going to be terrible. Here's the final trailer for <sighs> Atomic Blonde. Someone set me up. Someone from the inside. Lorraine, there's a double agent hunting our operatives in Berlin. Your mission, find out who did this. Remember, trust no one. Whoa. Your contact is David Percival. So what was your first impression? Disastrous. Berlin has its own set of rules. I trust you that as far as I can throw you. You sent me into Hornet's nest. But then you knew that, didn't you? The clock is ticking. I'm impressed. (laughs) This looks amazing. Oh, that's not going to end well for that guy. I mean, uh, screw Star Wars. Uh, Charlize Theron kicking the crap out of people in a micro miniskirt. I seriously cannot get enough of that formula. (laughs) There there have to be words in the movie? I don't know. You don't don't need any. You don't need any. I don't know what the hell is going to (laughs) happen. But you get, you know, hot girl kicking the crap out of everybody is the best formula on the planet for a movie. Yeah, that does look like a fun movie, doesn't it? It it really does. It looks, and it looks like it's really well done. Yeah, it uh, does. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty, Jeffy, would you want to comment on that? Uh, I'll definitely see the movie. Okay. Uh, I'm reminded of, I'm reminded of uh, Salt, right? I mean, that's. I I was the same level of excitement for Salt, which Mm -hmm. was. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Angelina stuff, Jolie though. kicking the crap out of people. Right. And every time she's in one, I go, like, Wanted. Do you remember Wanted? Wanted. Was, I, I like that. I, I'm a fan of that formula. When you've got the, the girl kicking the crap out of all the dudes, I don't know. There's just something else You know, awesome it was a million it. times better than Salt, though, was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I agree was with that awesome. 100%. So good. Same, that same, was really good. Again, same, same formula yes. in many yeah, ways. Uh, there's a lot of those, but they're all fantastic <laughs> I don't know what it, it's just awesome. Yep. So I'm really excited about that one. Okay, let's replay the uh, trailer of Scar. No, I'm only kidding. Because uh, that could really be the end of the show for me. We could just keep playing it every break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eat some snacks. Um, Atomic Blonde coming to theaters near you. And I'm not invested in the film, by the way. You might think, because of the way I'm talking about it, I am. I'm not. They just made it up. Well, you own. seem to be emotionally invested <laughs> in it. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> so, um, a Japanese blogger has pointed out the timeline flaws in the, uh, we did this story, I think, last week, right, with the Amelia Earhart photo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
uh, Japanese military history buff uh, found library records showing a photo supposedly depicting Amelia Earhart surviving a crash landing in 1937, but that was actually published two years before she vanished. <laughs> so This is incredible, because we said at the time, wait, that's their evidence? <laughs> I know. They said this picture, can we show it? This picture looks like Amelia Earhart. Well, she's, not even, she's just standing the opposite way. There's no way to look at that and, and recognize a person. And you see, one, you see basically an outward hi- highlight of the nose of the dude. There's no way you could possibly recognize someone uh, in that photo. And they're like, well, let's look, look, it's Japanese people, and it looks like they might be Americans, so that's Amelia Earhart. In the shadow of that sailboat nobody likes to talk about, but it's Bigfoot. Oh, really? Yeah, right, yeah, right down in the corner. Look at the yeah. down in the corner of that sailboat, right corner. I mean, uh, it's Bigfoot. Oh, my God, you're right. Uh, wow. Okay. You're right. You're right, Shelly. Was... We first spotted it at the Boston bombing, and now here. Right? Um, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, really strange, I will say, uh, that that A and E went with this. I think that's the part that yeah, really. I'm not is. surprised. I mean, great job by whoever this Japanese blogger is to find out and trace this to a random. You know, how would you track this down? But beyond that, why would A and E say this is I, like that? Is a very strange step, unless you're a hundred percent sure. Uh, here we found new evidence. I mean, I guess they're just hyping their show. I don't know. That's really weird. That's really weird. Yeah, you know what else is weird? Uh, the world is ending uh, due to global warming, oh. and there's more proof of it as that massive uh, iceberg broke off the Antarctic shelf, and and now it's uh, you know broken. It's yeah, a broken no, shelf. It's if a- you've ever had a broken shelf, you know just how uh, concerning that can be. Uh, I, Things fall true. off of it. That's true. Uh, and uh, then you got it on the floor. This is in the ocean. This is a little different, Pat. It's a little uh, different than what you're there's saying. A, there's a huge crack. Look at that. And now it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's more than cracked. It actually broke. Yes. Now, broke that's, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people are sharing this as proof of their, how to further. global warming. This furthers my argument. Uh, global warming. I'm trying to tell you happening. people, Been global warming. You. Look at this Science giant iceberg. You won't listen to the scientists, and now look what's happened. Not listening to scientists is an interesting claim to make Isn't here it? Uh, because it seems like the people who are sharing the story about the big ice shelf breaking mm-hmm. off have not actually read the story. <laughs> here is, uh, here's the quotes from the scientists named in the story. We've been anticipating this event for months, and we've been surprised how long it took uh, for the rift to break through to the final commu- uh, kilometers of ice. This is part of the normal behavior of ice shelves. This is part of the normal behavior of ice shelves. What makes this unusual is the size. The team of researchers have not yet found, quote, any link to human-induced climate change, uh, said the, uh, one of the two people uh, heading up this entire project. One of them uh, added... Um, we have no evidence to link this directly to climate change and no reason to believe that it would not have happened without the extra warming that human activity has caused. They're, like, they are going so far out of their way to tell you this is not about global warming, yet everybody's just taking it as global warming. And I will be fair here. CNN is I would put all those quotes in the story. Now, they didn't lead with those quotes, but they put all those quotes in the story I guess maybe to tell you what is actually happening. The problem is people are sharing it on Facebook and not even reading the story. 
This to them is just confirmation bias. Like, mm -hmm. I think global warming is bad. Look at, here's another piece of evidence without even looking at the evidence. You call us anti-science and you won't even read the quotes from the scientists? Yeah, I don't even understand how they think this applies to global warming. It, breaking is not the same as melting. They are right. two different things. The ice shelf calved. It does, and they call it calf because this is like the cow, and that's like its calf now. Yeah. So it calved off, and it's separated from its mother, and now it's roaming the ocean for free, by, all by itself. And uh, it didn't melt. And I guess the theory is they think, didn't melt. well, it's warmer, so the ice is starting to melt, and it's getting weaker, no, and then it's breaking off. No. That's not what's happening here. It's getting I, more and more and more ice, and it gets heavier and heavier, and then it breaks. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just part of the process. And again, this is not, you know, a lot of times we get frustrated as scientists uh, with these things as conservatives because they kind of talk a big game and they, they talk in apocalyptic ways and they advocate specific policies. Uh, and all that activism does exist, but it's really not even here. No. Like, it's, not, it's just not in the story. They aren't saying it's about global warming. People are just taking it and making it into global warming without it being present. It's incredible. It really, and is. I see it from journalists have retweeted it, mm -hmm. and with that, with that uh, tilt to it, um, people who constantly are tweeting things about global warming and how bad it is, they're just including this in that normal deluge. Well, this has nothing to do with that story. Nothing to do with it. Uh, and, and good job, the scientists owning up to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they did that because they usually don't. They usually just try to add to the hysteria, but uh, they didn't in this case. More patents too coming up. And coming up, we're going to have uh, the trailer to Atomic Blonde. It's a new movie uh, coming soon uh, to a theater near you. It is Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Actress Lena Dunham, you're going to want to get involved in this. Uh, you're going to love every aspect of this story. She is selling her clothing to raise money for Planned Parenthood. Now, there's two things I'm Cut pretty it. sure that Please. our audience is all about. Oh. One, owning a piece of clothing that has been on the person of Lena Dunham. Oh. Nothing could be more exciting to one of our audience members. The other thing is helping Planned Parenthood continue the slaughter of babies. That's Those fun. are two great things, that right? great. I will wow. say, uh, the only thing I want more than abortion to stop is for Lena Dunham to keep her clothing. Keep it. Keep it on. Keep all of it on all the time. Never, Why do you never, hate so much? Don't even take it off in the shower, for example. Right. Don't take it off when you go to bed. Don't take it mm. off in the shower. Don't change. Just have so many layers on, you can take one off when you feel like changing outfits. That's, that's kind of the way I'd rather go. Uh, the other thing is, if, if she would just stay in her house and never leave it so that we'd never have to see her again. Mm. Or if people would just stop pointing a camera at her and a microphone, that would be good, too. There's That'd a good nice idea. Too. Just stop. I mean, I couldn't care less about what she does. Selling her clothing, or I, I don't, I, I don't want to know about it. I don't care about her. Uh, but, man, we hear about her all the time. And I don't even know what she does. Who is she? Why do we even hear her name? Uh, she was in a show called Girls on HBO. Which I uh, is I, I will I don't I may Girls. have given it an attempt one time, but I don't think much of one, uh, because the idea is that she's actually uh, does not have clothing on it a lot in yeah. the show, and, and uh, it's actually a visual medium, which I'm not sure they were aware of when they designed it. Oh um, yeah, and then she was complaining that people didn't like to look yes. at her naked, and she was pissed yes. off yeah, about that. She said it was sexist <laughs> if you didn't like to look at her naked. Uh, no, it was offensive. No, no. you're just awful. I, it's yeah. not. It's not against the whole sex. There's a lot of people. I mean. Uh, Actually, let's play the trailer from Atomic Blonde, which uh, will <laughs> illustrate. No, but I mean, it's like you, you have, uh, like, there are, it's not as if 
sorry. <laughs> she is just not. I, like, it's just, you'd rather go. Is that her there on the are far people, right? Uh, and I can name them for you. There's three of them on this show that you should <laughs> hear that are radio people. Okay? Uh -huh. Lena Dunham's a radio person. Uh, I mean, that kind of hurts, too, to be honest. It hurts you? It hurts anyone it, it that's is? in radio. Uh. <laughs> well, I used to say face for radio. And I understand where you're headed, but I don't like being associated with her much. No, that's, that's I mean, true. I'm with you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. The reason we all got into radio was because we got to be able to not be seen. Yeah, That's not the reason right. I got into radio. The reason was I wanted to make a living. And I enjoyed doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're here is we'd like your money. Thank you. That's right. Um, so uh, uh, I found it. It was a pretty good way to, to support my family. So yeah. it wasn't about not being seen. However, oh, that I, was a nice side benefit. If you were to say you know, though, and I will say this, I'm, I'm knowing you very well, there are mm -hmm. opportunities to be on TV or on TV and radio. Mm -hmm. uh, many times, I think you'd rather pick the radio. Side. I'd pick it every time, mm -hmm. and, and that's because we don't want to be seen. Yes. Um, so, uh, by the way, if you're not interested in buying Lena Dunham's clothes to support Planned Parenthood, you, you do have other options. You can buy T-shirts from Hillary Clinton to support Planned Parenthood. That's always a they good option. They are right? working so hard to make sure babies continue to be murdered. This is just, they just love wonderful. It. They, they just love it. love it. They can't get enough babies being killed by mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood. They just, they're in love with it. Is that the actual shirt? Really nasty woman? I think so. A lot of people are, are, uh, are photoshopping it and putting other things on it. <laughs> it's just well, unfortunate. Bet. Oh, I bet. Because now she's just holding up a black shirt yeah. that you can write anything on uh, if you have basic Photoshop skills. Which is, which, is un, which is uncomfortable for, for, I think, Hillary at this moment. And this mm -hmm. is the type of thing you don't really want to do. Remember when, uh, what's-her-face, um, uh, Michelle Obama Michelle, held up the... Hashtag. Yeah, like it was a hashtag for like the, the kids, uh, the Boko mm -hmm. Haram uh, kidnappings. Um, and she held that up, and it was a big hashtag campaign, and everyone just started, started changing it. I, I remember Glenn had us do one a while ago. He wanted us to hold up a... It was like gettheblaze.com or something like that. It was like one of the yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're getting people to subscribe to the Blaze, and it's like all I can think about is oh, crap. I'm gonna this is everyone's gonna Photoshop this into something else, <laughs> and then I'm gonna be seen supporting God knows what. Like I like Jeffy or something. You know they'll, they'll put they'll put the worst possible things mm -hmm. that you could say on those. Uh, so that's why you don't hold things mm -hmm. up like that. No, it's not a not. not a good idea. If yeah. you're gonna hold them up, hold them up in front of your face. And also, if you're going to raise money for Planned Parenthood, good for you. I mean, do that. If you believe in murdering babies, then support Planned Parenthood. But do it with your freaking money, not mine. That's, this is the way to go about it. If you yeah. want to support Planned Parenthood, go ahead, sell your underwear, sell your T-shirts, sell your body. I don't care what you do for Planned Parenthood. But I don't want to do anything for Planned Parenthood. I, and our tax money certainly Shouldn't be going to Planned Parenthood. I gotta say though, I just mean, should not. Yeah, while I agree with you in concept on that, uh, man, I still I know I'd like not, it to shut still, down. You know what? It's still not okay. I know. Uh, don't raise money for them. It's it's uh, actually terrible well, these, because we like we like children of our all people races, are not going colors, to. ages. But to be the people born. like Hillary Clinton are going to because they love to kill babies. Mm -hmm. They love it. They think it's the greatest thing in the world, and they fight the hardest for it. They don't fight for anything as hard as they fight for abortion. It is, their, it is their number one passion principle, killing babies and making sure the slaughter continues. It's their number one passion. Mm -hmm. So good for them. Yeah, really, really bizarre. Uh, well, you know, the problem, though, is with these, uh, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, maybe we don't have time for this. I'm going to make a transition here. Let's talk about yeah, the uh, number of UK children sent to I gender identity clinics. Now, you would say, 
what is a gender identity clinic? That's a great that's a great question. And Jeffy's here to tell us about it. Jeffy, what are we doing? Well, you're going to explain to us the what a gender identity clinic is. When children, your children, say, still use your children, for example. Sure. I, we've been telling you for a number of years to have them checked. You have, yes. Uh, and <laughs> if you were to take them to this clinic saying, hey, my kids need to be checked, they may <laughs> come out thinking that they're not the... The gender so that they would suggest. What you're saying mm -hmm. is I could have a six-year-old son named Ainsley and a four-year-old... No, a six-year-old daughter named, named Zach. Ainsley. Zach. No, named Zach. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And Zach, you'd have a... How old is Zach? Uh, Zach is almost six, and Ainsley's four. Yeah, so you'd have a six-year-old Ainsley and a four-year-old Zach. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's what I was trying That's to go exactly for. Right? exactly. Yes. Again, we didn't say we were good at this job. We just said we did it to, <laughs> to make money. <laughs> we never actually what said... What if your parents... I mean, what if your children decided that they are... Have they decided yet? They, uh, yeah. I mean, they, Zach's getting to the age where he should know by now. Right? You're, you're saying if he wants Ainsley to be a girl. is not old enough? Well, you, is that what he's saying, Jeffy? Yeah, I think Ainsley he is. can't make her own decision on whether four? she's a male or a female. No, you're right. If she's four, she's old enough. I think so. You're right. I think it's right at birth. Uh, wait a second. What? If they cry. Yes, I mean, I'm a little pissed that you think there's an age. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. My belief is um, it's at birth, and the way I determine it is, if they cry, they are the opposite. They're gender. unhappy with being. Right. Yes, that's them saying, yeah. "Hey, I wanted to be a girl." That's what I. That's how I take it. More patents too coming up in a sec, or you know, a little bit more. It'll be a little longer because we have a commercial break to play. Yeah, right. But but on the other side, it gives me time to eat this little orange thing right here. I'm very excited about it. Jeffy found it felt like sharing with us, so we don't have to talk anymore. Why do we do this? I don't know. I don't know. I'd it's like to uh, comment, uh, just a quick comment as, uh, before we get the, uh, the actual segment started. Um, uh, the feed commenting, getting into radio is why the three guys on this TV show decided to get into radio. So that's uh, what we've got mm -hmm. working for. Yes. 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 That's exactly right. You right. have to remember we had 100%. a life before the show. 100% correct. Uh, and before the show, we all chose, you know what we should do is radio, because number mm -hmm. one, we want food on the table. And I'm not saying yes. we like food, but we get a right. lot of free food, too, at local radio stations. Um, but Boy, no kidding. You, so do good. miss that. Do you remember the FLA days? I remember, uh, I think I've told this story before, but I remember um, West Shore Pizza, oh, yes. a fabulous establishment in uh, <laughs> Tampa, Tampa Bay area. The free stuff we used to get oh, in, oh God, in local radio. I mean, we get nothing in, in national radio for no. some reason. I, no. And we've got 10 million listeners where before we didn't. And, even you know, before, we, I well, mean, before, even before Stu's West Shore Pizza, uh, I mean, in days before that, before you even arrived, mm -hmm. I mean, I used to have a different restaurant uh, scheduled every day of the week. Oh, yeah. You know, Jeffy was uh, <laughs> stunningly really good at that part of his job. Uh, but no, but West Shore Pizza, the reason I bring them up specifically is because they were listening to us on the air one day. And we were just yes. tossing around ridiculous foods. And I don't remember if it was Jeffy or me or Glenn who brought it up. But we were talking somehow we got to Philly cheesesteaks. And we were saying how much we loved Philly cheesesteaks at the time. This is a long time ago. Um, it was my favorite food forever. Um, and yeah. West Shore Pizza 
sold really good Philly cheesesteaks, at least really good for Tampa Philly cheesesteaks. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to get a good Philly cheesesteak outside of Philly, but they were pretty good, if I remember right. Not bad. And anyway, they, they called us up and they said, you know, I work at West Shore Pizza, and when we close down, what we do is we take a, a Philly cheesesteak, and then we wrap it in dough, and then we deep, deep fry, fry it. it. Mm. So it was a deep fried Philly oh. cheesesteak, and then the next day they brought one into us to actually try I, I don't think I woke up for another week after eating it. It was like, <laughs> just like put you in a food coma. Oh, no. Please don't bring us the free food. Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't let you in the building. Don't. <clears throat> stop. We can't accept it. Don't. Stop. Don't stop. Don't. Wait, stop. Don't, don't, Wait, stop. Was it don't stop. Or don't? I mean, it was, so, it was so sweet. In Salt Lake City, I used to get free lift tickets for the, a season pass to the to Snowbird. I mean, that was, oh at the time, that was, I don't know, $800, $1,000. Yeah. I don't know what Imagine they charge what now. now yeah. For a season pass to Snowbird, it'd be a fortune. And uh, every year, it came like clockwork yep. in the mail. I mean, it, it was nice. Now we get nothing. Season passes How's that possible? to the aquarium, to Busch Gardens. Yep. Oh, I mean, Disney. What do we get out of this Disney job? World. We hang with Jeffy all day. Yeah. That's what we get. That's, we get our, that's our big bonus. We get that lump of... Speaking of that, have you guys seen the uh, the new movie trailer, Atomic Blonde? <laughs> what? What is it? What's it about? What? With Charlize Theron? What's it called? I'm interested. Uh, Charlize Theron uh, apparently is going for a new Academy Award. You're talking uh, about an Academy Award winner? Oh, that sounds like an important see, film. It's we called should probably Atomic Blonde. The... Hmm, uh, is there a trailer? I, I, yes, we should have it. Oh, okay. Someone set me up. <laughs> Someone from the inside. Lorraine, there's a double agent hunting our operatives in Berlin. You're going to know. Find out who did this. Remember, trust no one. I mean, if that's not acting. Your contact is David Percival. Well, what was your first impression? Disastrous. Berlin has its own set of rules. I can trust you, but as far as I can throw you. You sent me into a hornet's nest. But then you knew that, didn't you? You feel like you should duck in this spot if you're this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get down. Good shot. Fasten your seatbelt. The clock is ticking. Goodman lost weight? Oh, yes. I'm impressed. <laughs> it's very uh, Jason Statham, all these action scenes, except he look, she looks a lot better. Wow, that looks great, Jeffy. I hadn't. Coming, uh, uh, I was not aware. The, coming <laughs> the end of July, July twenty eighth. So okay. Opening up. Or August third, where it says cinemas. Although <laughs> I guess that might be the Australian version of this trailer, because it does say .com .au, so maybe coming out in Australia August third. So we get it in July twenty eighth. Well, yeah, I mean, nice. you know, that's. Uh, I would assume special. after playing it twice, we'll get. An advanced Tell me that's not a uh, clear indication of American exceptionalism. We get to see that before they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, another big-time screen mm-hmm. actor, uh, to the not quite up to the good-looking standards as Charlize Theron, 
mm. is uh, Jim Carrey. And I know that he is getting ready to go into deposition, another, uh, another celebrity getting ready to take depositions uh, in court because he's being sued by his, his ex-girlfriend's uh, husband, estranged husband, and okay. her mother. Okay, because she committed suicide. Yeah. After Jim Carrey had, you know, broken up with her, mm -hmm. uh, according to the timeline. Uh, and they are wrongful death suit against him, uh, saying that he bought her drugs that she ended up using to kill herself with, uh, gave her uh, three different STDs. I mean, I can't believe people would have any kind of sexual diseases like that that they wouldn't tell people about and uh <laughs> seem all that authentic that's um, just that's wrong and of well, course so is. carrie is uh, saying you know hey this is just a uh, you know this is money, it's a money grab, grab yeah. sure i mean and, and you know may, may very well be i will say the jim carrey thing has really fallen apart though hasn't it it really yeah. has you know yes, he was always a little from, nutty from but... being on that roll of 100 million plus movies uh, one after another i mean you just and then them some all critical out. acclaim and then yeah, yeah. and then and then nowhere nothing Nobody wants to have anything to do yeah, with Yeah, he definitely seems like he's a little... I mean, you know, the Jenny McCarthy thing... Or was it Jenny McCarthy, right? Yeah. He was married yeah. to him? Uh, mm -hmm. Didn't help, I will say. Didn't uh, really. It, it seemed yeah. to kind of throw him into something. Because uh, he joined maybe. her on the whole... Uh, vaccine. Vaccine thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there was not a lot of backing uh, evidence on that. And then so. off the deep end. But, no. uh, you know, they've had, they've had a big struggle. They do not like each other, the parents. I mean, she killed herself. She's been uh, crazy. And now they want money from Jim for uh, causing her uh, suicide. I bet they do want money from him. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's He's a, got something to give, but I don't know that he... Uh, you know, I doubt that... Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, drugs and a couple of uh, sexual diseases doesn't constitute money. Wait, Why did what? you pause awkwardly? I'm just saying. Okay, and we're going to leave that saying. one right there. sure what it is I you're think. saying, and um, that's how I'd like it to stay. Uh, running for uh, Senate in, <laughs> in uh, Missouri, Austin Peterson is going to join us in here nice. in a couple of minutes. Yay! Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, program or the, the phone number to the program as we're uh, kind of coming back from break here. We have uh, a kind of a cool uh, segment here and a kind of an interesting development in the world of politics. Uh, if you remember Austin Peterson, he was the uh, I thought the best uh, option for the Libertarian presidential nomination back in two thousand sixteen. By a significant margin. And then stupid what's his face? John <laughs> oh, Gary Johnson. <laughs> Golly, he was terrible. Yeah. I don't even know how he. I don't. How did the Libertarian Party ever uh, pick him? He was I, awful. Only, I mean, he had a He's resume on paper, right? I mean, he would have been a governor. Uh, he was running with another governor. You know, it was kind of the standard pick, which is, was, is, is a weird thing for an, a Libertarian he was to do. Right? To, uh, Bernie Sanders, that he was a Libertarian. He, he kept saying that. Yeah. Yes, he uh, did. It's, it's always a weird thing to to do. Um, and you expect it from, like, Republicans. Ah, oh, I don't know, Bob Dole? That's a, who, who's, who's the oldest guy we know? 
Oh, Bob Dole? Yeah, run him. Wait, who? McCain? Yeah, well, what are they running? A, a young, um, supposedly inspiring African-American, first African-American president? What about, the, what about the guy who was born in 1317? What about that guy? Let's run him. Um, and it was weird to see the libertarians kind of go down that road. I mean, I understand at some level. So they had him, they had the murderer, and they had the the guy we're about to talk to, <laughs> who was the one who should have been well, the yeah, actual I, libertarian. I thought I mean. so. I thought so. Jeez. Uh, so Austin Peterson uh, joins us now. He is now uh, running for Senate in Missouri. Uh, and you're running as a Republican, Austin. Welcome to the program. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, of course, we're not. Now, even though we've tested this off the air, we're not hearing mm-hmm. him. Are you going to hear Austin here? Austin, you with us? Hello, hello. Oh, there he is. Okay. okay. Thank you. A little technical issue there, Austin. Welcome to the program. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're really excited about you running. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing you've done. Uh, kind of, you were a big libertarian activist. Uh, we're in, obviously in the Libertarian Party and worked really hard to build that as a, as a party and as a brand. Uh, ran for the nomination as a Libertarian Party. Almost won it. Um, and then here you are now running uh, the next year uh, for Senate as a Republican. What went into that decision? They told me to leave. Um, <laughs> I spent I spent four thousand. I spent I made four thousand phone calls uh, six hours a day the last two months asking my supporters what should I do. Ninety eight percent of them said run as a Republican, and you know they didn't do so because they were angry at me. Yeah. I didn't want me to be a part of the party because they saw me as too conservative. Um, but uh, they really want to beat Claire McCaskill. Uh, and so out of those 4,000 phone calls, the, you know, the majority saying go run as a Republican, uh, decided to take their advice because they're the ones who are putting all of their money and their time and their energy into these campaigns. So I thought I should listen to them. But it has to be part of, the, uh, of a situation, and I'm sure this is their calculus here, is that running as a third-party candidate, there's just so many uphill battles, so many things you have to clear before you're even taken seriously that it's just hard to win. And, and you know, the, the, the way our system is set up with ballot access and, and even the libertarians do a pretty good job with that. But, I mean, it's just there's so many things running against you. Why deal with those hurdles where you can go run on a party where you'll agree with a lot of things that they, they're going to be saying and you can kind of have your own voice? Well, that's part of it. Uh, the Libertarian Party has a lot of the older activists have had a, a catchphrase that they use frequently saying liberty in our lifetime. We're, we're trying to fight for, for liberty, at least in our lifetime. And I'm a little more impatient. So I like to say liberty by sunset. Um, <laughs> people want freedom now. They don't want to wait 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Happening with the uh, the Senate uh, Obamacare bill right now. We just saw today that Senator Rand Paul has said that it keeps all of the bad parts of Obamacare and all of the taxes, and they get none of the good reforms uh, in there. So, I mean, I'm running to try and help champion Rand Paul to complete the agenda that the Republicans ran on. I mean, they passed a repeal bill 50 times when Obama was the president. Yeah. Uh, so what's the problem? So I, I'm running because I, I want to go in there and help people like Ted Cruz and, and Mike Lee and Rand Paul. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, you look at you know, uh, Cruz, Lee, Rand Paul, you know, uh, Ron Paul, certainly before that, Justin Amash is another really good example, at least to me, of bringing the libertarian view uh, mm-hmm. into the Republican Party. At a time, I will say that the Republican Party isn't, I don't know if they're really, I would say, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're aligned with libertarian principles, but I'm not really sure if they're aligned with any principles right now. Um, is, it, is it a weird thing to kind of jump into this, in this particular moment of republicanism? Yeah, but it's kind of an opportunity, right? In some ways, Donald Trump has kicked over the old establishment. And, uh, you know, there, I'm sit- sitting here thinking, wow, here's an opportunity. Because if these people are having uh, difficult 
Republicanism, and I'm someone who knows what it means to be a small R Republican, uh, then I can go in there and sort of champion the old conservative ideals, right? The true limited government Republicanism of like people like Senator Bob Taft and uh, and Ron Paul and others. And so, uh, you know, being inspired very much by those people, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, uh, when is the election? Is it th- is it this year, this November, or is it 2018? Well, it's actually next year. So it's 2018. So I'm trying to get an early start because we know that Good. the Republican Party is going to find a, a cha- an establishment challenger that they're going to try and throw everything oh, yeah. they can at me. And uh, we are just getting ready. We just launched last week, but we're already at about six figures. Um, so if anybody wants to help donate, we're trying to get there by Friday at austinforsenate.com. Uh, but you know what they're not going to have? They're not going to have the passion. They're not going to have the heart. They're not going to have the grassroots. And they're not going to have the best ideas. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been around for a long time, 10 years behind the scenes with people like Judge Napolitano and, and Ron Paul and, and the, his campaigns and Rand Paul, especially, I helped him in 2010. Uh, so I think that I know how to win a boots on the, ga- on the ground game. And the beautiful thing about Missouri is that it's an open... So anybody can vote for me here in Missouri, which is a really beautiful opportunity, and I plan on taking full advantage. Um, let's talk about, uh, you, talk, you mentioned Rand Paul, and you, and you mentioned his health care approach. He's had a, kind of an interesting road here recently in that he's obviously a libertarian-leaning uh, senator. Um, he seemed to have some optimism at one point a few weeks ago where he was saying, hey, maybe we're moving in the right direction with Obamacare and, and repealing it and, and going to something that can actually have some free market elements to it. And, you know, as you mentioned today, he kind of said it's over. Like we've lost. They, the Republicans want to keep Obamacare. It's, it's really frustrating. How do you solve that? And what are you looking to do with health care? Yeah, I blame the Congress uh, because, you know, as you saw a few weeks ago, Rand Paul was meeting with President Trump. Uh, and I think Trump is sort of desperate to get himself a, a win, right? He campaigned on the promise that he would repeal Obamacare. Uh, and I don't know if Rand has become the Trump whisperer or something, but uh, then all of a sudden Trump is tweeting, then please, the Senate, give me a clean repeal if you cannot come up with a replacement plan. So I don't know why the Congress doesn't do exactly what they did when Obama was president. Just give the president repeal bill. And then once mm-hmm. we have the clean repeal done, then we can talk about reforms later. But I, the, the Senate Republicans are being obstructionists on this one. Uh, and again, it's only fueling the fires of anti-establishment candidates like myself. Yeah. And it just makes so, so much sense to just repeal it now and then work for a year or two uh, in the meantime, before the repeal actually goes into law on co- co- finding the replacement for it, just on That's, some yeah. some good plan. I mean, it, it, right. it but they won't they can't do they can't seem to do anything that makes sense right now well, I'm a victim of this legislation. So part of my campaign is because, you know, I'm not trying to play the victim card here, but I started my my own small business a few years ago and immediately Obamacare was passed and my health care plan was canceled. I was paying $92 a month for premiums. Wow. I have a pre-existing condition. Now I pay $411 a month for services oh, that man. I do not need and use. And that is very difficult for a small business owner like myself. Wow. So part of, the, part of my push in my campaign for liberty is because I'm fighting for my own rights and I'm fighting for yours as well. Well, yeah, ninety-two dollars to four hundred and twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah that sucks. A, a little bit of a burden. Another yeah. burden, kind of on the same front. You're talking about small businesses. One of the big pushes around America right now. You're seeing it certainly with Bernie Sanders. We saw it in Seattle. This idea to raise the minimum wage and raise it not from just whatever is seven twenty-five now to nine dollars, maybe even ten, to go all the way to fifteen dollars an hour or more. You know, you're running a small business. You would know what the effects of this would be. I mean, it feels good, though. A lot of people like it. They want people to make more money. How do you answer that? 
Well, it's a job killer, but I mean, like, let, you know, not to just be too too cute here, but I mean, if we if fifteen dollars an hour an hour is great, how about fifty dollars an hour? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we just make everybody rich and make the minimum wage a million dollars an hour, right? So, so it defies the laws of economics. And really, what you're hurt, the people that you're hurting here, are the people who do not have a voice in this debate. It's not just about rich and greedy business owners. Mm-hmm. It's about people who are unemployed, who are unskilled, who are unable to get jobs when you raise the minimum wage because you have to go out and find a, maybe a big corporation to mow your lawn instead of the guy next door because the guy next door, you have to pay him and he doesn't have as good equipment or whatever. So you're losing all these opportunities. I mean, uh, economics is is a difficult subject to understand. I I get it and explaining it is even harder. Uh, But the truth is, is that the the people who are the voiceless in this debate are the people who are the most at risk, those unemployed people who are unable to get into the marketplace. So now that you're a Republican, Austin, you're going to be burdened with the same thing all other Republicans who are running in the next couple of years are going to be burdened with, and that's answering for everything that Donald Trump and his family do. So <laughs> how, how, what, what do you make of uh, this whole Russian thing with the email now? Well, it's kind of weird, especially because the, of the Missouri tie here, because we have my the senator who I'm actually seeking to replace, Claire McCaskill, who lied in a tweet about her meeting with the Russian ambassador. She said she never did, and then she didn't. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of kind of weirdness going on with Russia. And quite frankly, I don't have time to follow that kind of stuff because I'm so you know frequently trying to pay attention to what's happening, you know, with actual policy that mm-hmm. I would that I would take note of. And most of this stuff is like kind of tabloid-ish scandal, if not totally a scandal. But I mean, if it's a national security issue, then yes, absolutely, I would. Have a say in something like that. And uh, I, I would say that, you know, people are really going to tie me to Trump. They're like, oh, you're a Republican. And I can only appeal to people and say, well, the truth is, is that I, I didn't campaign for the guy. I actually ran, tried to run against him. So, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I would have I would have definitely I would have taken his and Hillary's heads together and bumped them together if I had made that debate stage. Uh, but um, <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. Um, when I'll support anybody when they're right and nobody when they're wrong. So I'm going to have to go on a call it as I see it basis. And uh, Mm -hmm. when Trump's championing something I believe in, I'll stand with him. When Trump's doing something that stands against free market principles or goes against what I believe is in the best interest of Missouri voters, I'll have to fight. uh, I'll have to stand stand alone because, you know, I know that I know that that's not popular because Mr. Trump, of course, is very popular here in Missouri. But I'm not changing who I am or what I believe just to get elected, because if you do, then you lose twice. And I may have lost the Libertarian Party's nomination, but I brought thousands more people into our movement and in, along with our ideas because I, I championed what was what I believed was true and what is right. Um, and, you know, I see that the president or at least the vice president has already waded into Missouri politics yesterday. He, he's urging a, a candidate to run in this race. And I think it's in some ways it's because they don't like the fact that that uh, I, I do what I think is right, no matter who says it. So um, it'll be a challenge for me. But you can you can bet, folks, that nothing's going to change about who I am or what I believe, win or lose. Well, I mean, many people have made the argument that the reason one of the big reasons you wind up losing the libertarian nomination is you have a, a, your stance on the life issue. Um, this is a stance that, you know, I would say it's a mixed bag in the Libertarian Party. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are very strongly pro-choice and, and you're not. Obviously, you have a better fit here with the Republicans on that issue. What's your thinking behind it? 
And Ron Paul and Judge Napolitano convinced me on this. And I, I actually, you know, I, many of their uh, arguments come from the viewpoint of the creator. And uh, I thought, well, well, that's interesting. But then I also heard secular viewpoints on this one from a pro-science uh, uh, basis. And I just said, wow, the evidence completely conflicts with my worldview on this one. So around seven years ago, before I ever thought about running for office, um, I, I changed my mind on this opinion because I realized I was being inconsistent uh, on the, the concept of life. It, because what I think leftists and Democrats, they dehumanize the unborn. They try and make it out mm -hmm. as if it's not a human being. It absolutely is. And if it is a human being, do all human beings deserve the same right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Now, how we adjudicate that in terms of law, I mean, look, even Governor Gary Johnson, pro-choice Governor Gary Johnson, you know, we'll stay out of a woman's business, you know, what is the level? <laughs> um, this guy... <laughs> Even he signed a partial birth abortion bill in New Mexico. So, I mean, at some point, even the pro-choicers have to admit that that's a human being. Uh, and I think there are plenty of ways for us to look to, to, to reduce the number of abortions. One of the reasons why I'm so big on this issue is my little sister was adopted. Her parents wanted to abort her. We saved her, saved her life, adopted her. One of my, you know, one of my siblings, like, you know, not, not a, you know, technically blood, but someone who I love and cherish. So I look at her and I look at her son, my beautiful nephew. And I think, you know, these are lives that are saved um, and we need to encourage adoptions in this country. And I, I think science is going to help solve these problems. One of the issues that I that I champion that sometimes gets me in hot water. Uh, I do think that birth control should be allowed to be purchased over the counter without a prescription. Uh, and uh, that would be one way to cut down the number of abortions. Um, and that's a that's another uh, but that's a drug issue. And um, again, that's the issue that sets me apart a bit from some people in the pro-life movement, because, you know, I am a little very much a libertarian on that issue. Sounds great. OK, uh, Austin, how do we uh, how, how do people get involved in your campaign and help out? Well, Glenn Beck told me to say Austin for Senate three times. So I'll say Austin for Senate now twice. Okay. But if I, you want to get cheeky, then you go if you type in fire then you'll find me as well. But if, if not, then Austin for Senate works. All right. Austin Peterson running for Senate against Claire McCaskill. We'd, we'd much rather have you, Austin. So thank yes. you for running. <laughs> yes. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the program. Good All luck. Right. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's good. I mean, we do need more uh, of the libertarian sensibility, even if you don't agree with every single issue uh, that libertarians are. And, and, and uh, we kind of all have our varying strains of how libertarian we are. We all agree with it in some levels and in some parts we don't agree with. But it, I, I think... There is a real need in the Republican Party to move that direction. Even if you don't mm -hmm. want to go all the way to libertarianism, I can understand that. But the idea that the focus would be government out of your life, focusing on that liberty element um, more and more. I mean, if you got 10% of it in the Republican Party injected back in, it would be great. Yep. Uh, you know, it's nice to see somebody uh, standing by their values. Austin Peterson, we just had on the program. Uh, you know, unlike some others, which is well, let's put it that way. Some not not Jeffy. No, some others. Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe some political figures, people in the media. A lot of these people, uh, huh. you know, say one thing and man, do they do the other. Really? Why? Well, you know, sometimes hmm. people they say they say one thing and then all of a sudden. When they're behind closed doors or in some uh, hidden video uh, situation, they're doing the exact opposite of what they say they, are, they, are, they stand for. Have you oh. noticed that at all? Working for a company owned by, I don't know, Glenn Beck. Have mm -hmm. you noticed it at all? Is my question, Pat. 
No, not really. From, no. Not from, not oh, from really. Glenn. Maybe no. you're missing out on some important evidence then. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, I was watching TV last night. I saw some. Did you? Oh, my gosh. This guy just ripped Glenn. You didn't see this? Uh-uh. Oh, no. my gosh. you got to see this report. I, we okay. have the video. Watch. This is MSNBS. Hi, guys, folks. I'm just a guy, a normal guy who has actually outlived the career of the original person I was designed to parody. I'm always following the truth, sometimes from an incredible distance, because I simply don't want the truth to know that I'm following it. Then I'll follow the truth home, and I'll look through the window, and I'll see it changing its bra or clipping its toenails. Sometimes I'll even post photos of what I've seen on toenailfetish.net. And the truth will file a restraining order against me. And then, just like my beloved former elder partner Gladys, the truth will find out that no restraining order can stop me. Did you hear that, Gladys? Or do I have to say it again into that miracle ear that I paid for? Or at least paid the first two installments on. I'm Garth Bunk, and this is the Garth Bunk brand. The Reblunderkins are at it again. They've seen like the truth. I Garth on it. Get what we have here. It's an unsourced Twitter account, and it has a brand new theory. It has no qualifications, no record, and it's still got an egg as its avatar. But now it's also got a national TV show. And our copy and paste segment tonight, the bumbling and ballooning Baxter has had a little bit of a change of heart, hasn't he? Mr. Hood-wearing Crossburger from Racistville has all of a sudden become a, a lovable, huggable character. Well, who would have seen that coming? The king of the Reblunderkins wants you to know that he's changed. Well, has he? Despite fooling the right-wing media, like the New York Times and MSNBC, you can't fool the bunk brand. And just like Gladys, in room 4B of the Withering Willow Hospice and Abandonment Center, no locked bathroom door of protection is going to stop me from barging in to see the goods. Here's the truth the Baxter doesn't want you to see. What? White power, white power, white power. Back in a minute. There you have it. The Baxter, in between his swastika painting classes, he's doing TV shows fantasizing about the return of white power. He said it himself. You heard him. <laughs> he's telling you that slavery, lynchings, and more will be, quote, back in a minute. Maybe, I don't know, you still believe the Baxter's changed. Maybe he's not the Prince of Prejudice. No, not, not Prejudice. Pre prejudice. 
Thank you. All right, you might be saying that the only way that you'll believe the Baxter is as bad as I say he is, is, <laughs> I don't know, uh, if he uh, confessed to all of his crimes on camera. <laughs> and that's never going to happen unless you'll see this. Killing children, enslaving children, enslaving adults. It is my way or death because God tells me I have a right to kill you. There is no other word. Okay, okay, thank you. Cut, 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 that's, that's enough. Uh, cut it. Thank you. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough for that. Uh, well, you're, you're probably thinking that sure, Beck is a conservative and a libertarian, but at least he's not some sexual deviant. And as a guy who's very familiar with false accusations of sexual deviancy, thanks a lot, Gladys. I would never, ever go down that sexy, sexy road without incontrovertible... Incontro... Without in a convertible evidence. <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know, something like... Oh, this... I want to talk about my genitalia. I only white like white, white little boys. I know, I know, I didn't believe it either. <laughs> but talking pictures do not lie, especially when you're talking about Republicans. All those constitutionalists will tell you that the Baxter didn't really say all those things. But I know these right streamers so well. I know them so well. I know exactly what they're going to do. They'll say it was a highly edited piece of propaganda, mostly made up of Glenn quoting criminals in news stories. They'll even get so desperate that they'll show you, they'll show you all the specific stories and testimony he was reading from. And it will seem like the truth. It'll seem like the truth. But we know better than to listen to the truth. I guarantee it. Coming up on the Buck Brand, we investigate mass extinction in the United States. How the Republic crooks are causing rising temperatures that will affect animal species and various plants. Not to mention the horrifying, deadly effects on room 4B of the Withering Willow Hospice and Amendment Center. If we don't act now by cutting emissions or, I don't know, by returning any one of the 3,822 very loving text messages that I have sent immediately, the results could be disastrous for you. Got that, Gladys? Until next time, remember, you've been bunked. From, if I'm not mistaken, Gers picked up a couple of pounds. Yeah. A couple of LBs. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and a love interest. Yeah, well. it's, it's nice it's that a, he's, he's found love. I just, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things mm. where you feel like you know somebody like Gladden and... Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, the white power. And, Man. Uh, I mean, that, wow. was, that was shocking material. Um, and uh, we, we don't approve 
on this program, no. um, for what he does. We are a separate show. You know, I was skeptical uh, going into the <laughs> report, but now, I mean, he, he played it. Well, once Can't he, once he called him a constitutionalist, I felt like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the case was made. Yeah, <laughs> really was. Uh, also, the case he made on global warming wasn't actually as strong <laughs> as the case made by David Wallace Wells <laughs> this week. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even as hysterical as that. No. Uh, which is amazing. That is we'll that is amazing. That. Uh, yeah. The uh, uninhabitable Earth, which yeah. is... Uh, go, go, the temperature's going up 11 or 12 degrees in the next 50 years. Yeah. So. 11 uh, to 12 degrees. I love the point where it was... Uh, it's a lot. You know, the issue here is that, um, uh, you know, parts of the uh, tropical areas now are completely uninhabitable. Well, what, on the ocean? Like, what, <laughs> what parts of it? Because there's 3 billion people who live there. Well, so, you can't live in the ocean. That's, well, maybe that's Unless true. You're a fish. They, there are not a lot of people yeah. who live, you know, in the middle that's of the right. Pacific Ocean. Is that habitable or inhabitable? Inhabitable. You're Thank right. you. Large okay. parts. I rust my case. All right, more patents too is inevitable and uninhabitable. Jeff, you might want to send you to the Withering Willow Hospice and Abandonment Center uh, just to see what's going on it's, there. It's good. Um, you'll like it. Apparently, that it's nothing bad. I mean, there's some things be, going on. You'll be fine. But it's a hospice. Well, no, it's an abandonment center too. Okay. Uh, yes, pancake balls. Wow. Well, we all know what they are. Um, Pat, did you want to? Yeah, they're the balls of pancakes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, they've been apparently extracted from the pancake, and there's a ball of pancake walking around some now. <laughs> now. You're probably in pain. Is, is a pancake okay? <laughs> there's a pancake cake eunuch somewhere that is. Uh, yes. Oh, that's yes. terrible. Okay. But. Uh, Denny's <laughs> is apparently responsible for this horrific tragedy for these pancakes. Yeah. Um, however, they what they have mm. here are called. Um, pancake hush puppies, and these are the strawberry variety. Um, and I, oh, wow. I, I saw these next last time I was at Denny's, and you might say, when was the last time you were at Denny's? Very recently, because it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not get these. I tried to convince my kids to order them so that I could eat some of theirs. However, it did not work out. Why so, did you just order them then? Are you the adult? You I can't ordered, just order them? I tried to order something healthy-ish. Really? Did you just take a bite? Or, no, I just a bit like the edge of it. Because it was not, That's what a bite is. It was not perfectly round, and I wanted to... Plus, sure I can teach round. you how to, you know, when you're ordering for the kids, what do you kids want? And then when you try to eat healthy, and you say, when the, once they order, you go, oh, yeah, and you know what else? They'd like some uh, pancake. Okay, uh, well, you shut up puppies. now, okay. whatever it is you're saying, because I want to eat these. Um, well, go so ahead you know and eat. Puppy is? I would say it's a pancake ball fr- uh, deep fried. I'm going to have one without the... Yes. Uh, there's apparently a cream cheese a sauce cream cheese that goes with it. A frosting situation? Okay, let's try it. Mm. So they're deep fried... Pancakes, right? Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And um. Oh yeah. Are you thinking what is a deep fried pancake? It's almost like a donut. Almost. Yeah. Um, it's crispier mm-hmm. on the outside than the average uh, like munchkin you'd get. Mm-hmm. Um, inside is very. It's a pancake. It's got uh, a little strawberry hint mm-hmm. of strawberry. It's not a strong mm-hmm. strawberry uh, strand. That is correct. Taste. That is correct. Um. It's very good though. I mean, I could definitely. It's pretty eat good. I mean, um, you know, is it the best thing I've ever eaten? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rate them low, because we saw what happened with the apology earlier this week, oh. Teresa's. Um, let's try it with the actual cream cheese frosting. Now, that is always an advantage to me. It's, it's kind of like what I like most about like a Cinnabon mm-hmm. uh, situation. Love the cream cheese frosting. It's very Cinnabon or donut like 
when you add the cream cheese mm -hmm. frosting to it. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's really sweet, though. It is sweet. Mm -hmm. I need some syrup. It's, it's really good. You mm. know, these wouldn't be bad with syrup. I don't know. No, you could, you could definitely dip them in syrup as well. As you know, pancakes, or so. cover them, or cover them. Or cover them. Here's the best part of, about these. There's only two and a half calories in an entire container. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? You might say, how is that possible when they're deep fat fried? I don't know. I don't know either, but they're small. I'm not a dietitian. I don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> I, I, it definitely has the vibe of fair food, I will say. Yes, it does. And, and, it does, and, yeah, it And does. whether you want fair food for breakfast on yeah, an average wouldn't. day, it, it might be a little a little. They're much. a little gimmicky. A little gimmicky. I you mean, can they, see. they taste good, but... Yep. I, I don't know that I could go through... I mean, other than this particular order, I don't know that I could go through multiple <laughs> well, orders. Well, actually, they, this has actually started something new for Denny's, though, which is something that doesn't normally happen. A breakfast appetizer. Ah, I like the vibe there. So you eat these and then you have your normal meal. Yes. Got it. Um, I would say if I had one, because uh, it is a little gimmicky, a little fair foody, and I don't know that I would necessarily want it for breakfast, though they are delicious. I, and, you know, when we went to the fair and had all that fair mm -hmm. food, I was so excited about it. But then when yeah. you're actually there eating all that deep fat fried stuff one after another. Yeah, it hits you after a while. It, it was really kind of gross. The other and, thing I would say is, like, this is a perfect thing as a breakfast appetizer. You order them with your kids. You each have a couple of them. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. I would say the, the, the frosting's a little too sweet for me. And there's not enough strawberry taste in them either. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of, mm -hmm. they're good. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll give them a scale of 1 to 18 here. Uh, I will give these a 13. Um, I enjoy them. I wouldn't um, kick them out of my mouth for no. eating crackers. Mm -hmm. Or wait. Why would it? It didn't really work. Did <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so. Pat, um, uh, man. Following that weird analogy, what um, is your... I would give these a... You gave them a 13? 13. I don't think I'd go that high. Maybe... Eleven. Okay. Jeffy? Does Denny's call them deep fat fried? Or no, deep I, probably not. That is a padism. Mm -hmm. uh, you always call them deep fat fried. Mm -hmm. Which is a better term. Because they are fried. fried in deep fat. Mm. Um, Pat, Denny's Pancake Hush Puppies? Good addition to your meal at Denny's. Mm -hmm. You can order a normal, you get a normal Grand apple. Slam. Yes. Order an order of these two. Try yeah. a couple of them. What Pretty would you give them, Jeffy? Yeah, bring these first for what sure. What would you give them? I am all about a... You, you actually you named a number yesterday, kind yeah, of. Kind of. Are, can you do it two days in a row and make somebody think you might actually have some brain left? I mean, as an appetizer, there? you're looking at, you know, 11 or 12. All right. Okay, so we got to take that. Hi. Well, after that Garth Bunk segment that we saw earlier, I don't think Glenn's going to have a network anymore. Uh, but apparently he still He's does done. a show here He's out of business. Uh, for the time being. Mm -hmm. I mean, in very mm -hmm. limited time, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess he took a... He does, he's been mm -hmm. doing these Ask Glenn Anything um, shows where callers call in and, and ask... Um, Should ask him about his racism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone asked about the Garth Bunk thing. Yeah, Let's I wonder. See. Watch. Huh. We're at the complaint desk. Michelle writes in from Facebook... I understand advertising, but the blaze is very difficult to read and navigate to read online. Right? I mean, I know. Uh, especially on the phone. I'd read it more often if I could navigate it more successfully. Michelle, I don't think you exist because I think I wrote this one. That's exactly what I said uh, to my team. I, I don't even know how to find stuff anymore. I don't even, I mean, I just don't even get it. Um, Working on it. Got it. Thank you. Next. Complaint department. Stop the absurd... 
Okay, are these real? Or did you guys just go through my notebook? Stop the absurd clickbait headlines. Right? Drives me crazy. You want to be known as a news network? Then stop writing, you won't believe. Garrett, thank you. Thank you. I feel swell, not so smart, so like everybody else now. Yes, we're on that. I'd like you to bring back his story. I'd also like to see the IT department make the website and Roku connection more user-friendly. Okay. The the history thing, I have to see the data on history. I I don't know how that even performed. It's really, believe it or not, I bleed expensive, like crazy expensive. Like they gave me the bill for the, (laughs) the first two seasons and I'm like... What? Um, uh, but if it's if it's uh, if it's actually moving people, I don't care. Um, what was it? Can you go back? Because there uh, there was something on the the advertising, the clickbait. Got it. I'm getting rid of that stuff. It drives me out of my mind. Um, the IT department and the website in Roku. The Roku thing's not our fault. That's Roku. Um, but, uh, we suck so much. Ah, just keep it on top. We're working on it. Um, okay. Next one. Thank you, Stephen. You have another one. I love more entertaining ways, especially for children to learn history. Me too. I know it's a long shot, but something like turn Washington spies on AMC. If you have $5 million, we will put turn to shame. But I don't know where I put that $5 million right now. Um, But we are uh, working on some things. We are going to be testing some. I don't even want to tell you. I don't even want to tell you. Just when we do it, I'll tell you. And if we don't do it, then don't do it. I'm just so convinced that I've told you we've been working on things, and then you never hear the end of it and what happened. And usually what happened was stupidity. That's usually what happens. Um, and so when they happen, they happen, but we're doing our best. And I think as a team, I can say that we're doing our best perhaps as a team for the first time. There's been departments that have really done their best and then others that didn't. And then I wasn't in sync and everything. We're starting to really sync up and I'm starting to really be proud of the way this team is starting to work. You haven't seen Jack yet, because we'll get to you after I fix all the problems internally. We're fixing things, and I'm really, really proud of the team. This is what happened last week. All of them had to complete all four of these books. What they don't know are three more books are coming next week. Um, But they had to finish all four of these books in, I think it was a week and a half. They're due on Monday, uh, and I'm having a big meeting, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. And just reading these books together, the team has changed. I've seen, you know, reading clubs break out in the building, and it's, it's exciting what's happening here. So, um, all right, let me go to Lindsay on line 10. Hello, Lindsay. Hey, Glenn. Hi, I uh, actually finished the Mercury One Leadership Program last month, and I'm a, ah. I'm a first-time long-time, so I'm very excited to be speaking with you again. Well, that's great. Um, how'd that um, work I- out for you? When you got home, 
what happened after the leadership meeting? Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So my, my goal of it was I wanted to go and learn as much as I possibly could to take it back to my community and my networks to help spread yep. those truths yep. and uh, where we can all find the truth. Obviously, that's the main point that we cover and a struggle that we all have in this society. Um, so that's what I've been doing, carrying that in day-to-day conversations, and I'm um, starting to do some of my own writing as well to help spread the word. So it's been fantastic. And actually bought a bunch of David Barton's books as gifts. For friends and family so hmm. it was a fantastic experience so um what can we do better in case you don't know what Lindsay's talking about she was part of our leadership program we have another one i think starting next week um and we've we're doing them all summer um and they're two weeks where you can send your kids down to us uh, they're not kids 18 to 25 year olds um kids oh my gosh i'm getting so old um, but you, you come down here and, you know, you have to pay room and board and everything else, but um, we'll teach for two weeks the truth of American history. And, Lindsay, you, you were part of the first class that went through, and it was, it was phenomenal to see the difference between you guys at the beginning and at the end. It really was amazing. I mean, you just asked the question, what could we have done or what could you guys have done differently? Truly, the only response I would have was maybe even make it longer. It felt like it was so content rich and there were so many um, so many things we still wanted to learn more about. And we felt like we just scratched the surface on a day-to-day basis that it was just piquing our interest in so much for us to be able to continue to do our own homework. But I would say if you could even extend it, I think it's such a phenomenal experience for anyone to go through. I think I was probably the oldest one in the room, but I would recommend it for anybody um, so that would be my only recommendation. Great. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate it. Um, and what we try to do in those leadership classes is, is get people like Lindsay to be able to go home and make the case and know how to find information. Um, this is a Mercury One project, and because of the law, we have to keep everything separate and blah, 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 blah. Um, I have uh, asked if there's any way that we can film it and put it either edited or maybe even run, you know, um, the, uh, the two-week course. It'd have to be edited because it's eight hours a day, um, but it's really fascinating. We have to find a way to get you involved. Uh, let me go to Elizabeth. Um, hello, Elizabeth. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hello, Elizabeth. Yes. Oh, see, I pushed it. I want you to record this over here so when the doctor comes again, you can say, there he did it. There it is. I just pushed it again. They push it again. There. Hello, Elizabeth. Oh, hi, Glenn. Hello. It's an honor to speak with you, and I want to thank you and your entire staff and your personal family for thank the you. education you have given me and the sacrifices you guys make to educate us. Okay, can I tell you something, Elizabeth? I haven't shared this with anybody yet. What's that? Sunday, no, what was it, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday was 4th of July, right? Yes. I sat around my, my dining room table. Fourth of July. And I said, okay, we're going to go around the table and everybody has to tell me one amazing thing about America that, um, that you really love, but it has to be not something that's just, you know, regular run-of-the-mill stuff. What? Tell me one amazing thing. My family, who has followed me, my kids can quote my speeches. They can quote, oh. they've traveled with me. They can quote my speeches. I did it's that at working. the dining room table. <laughs> Not a single one raised their hand. They were all like, I, I don't know, Dad. I, I don't know. Uh, Declaration of Independence was 
signed actually on the second, not the fourth. That's it? That's, you're growing up in my house? That's it? Not a chance. We're all doomed. <laughs> doomed. Well, one of the things that we've really been talking about a lot lately and the bringing people together since, uh, let's say, the opponent side is trying so desperately to tear this country apart, to, to separate us. And as, just like the saying says, united we stand, denied, uh, divided, divided we, we fall. fall. Yep. Well, um, you know, I, I came up with an idea, and I don't care if you call it the Love Thy Neighbor or the Great American Block Party, where everybody gets out in the street and brings a hot dish and has a block party. Now, 4th of July, I put it to the test. I was invited to a neighbor a few doors down. Mm -hmm. It was a small gathering, and I was the only white person there. And I put it to the test in talking about our country and history and facts. And one of the men said to me, my God, you're a walking encyclopedia. Where, where did you learn all this? And I said, I learned it through the blaze. And I said, what, you know, he had a cable network this, that does not carry the blaze. And then I said to him, do you have Internet? Go to theblaze.com because they put out the facts. That's why they don't want you to listen to people like Glenn Beck and others because they don't want you to get smart. Just like one time when you mentioned only a thousand people, only one out of a thousand knows the five rights in the First Amendment. And they brought that, I brought that up to the man. And we spoke about that for a while. So people are willing and, and open, and we're not as divided as this country wants to make us believe we are, race-wise or any otherwise. I, I actually really agree with you, Elizabeth. I, um, I was just had a meeting um, with some uh, people um, about an hour before I went on the air. And um, we were talking about how divided we are. And I said, how do you read the room? And we uh, disagree um, to, some, to some extent. He said he doesn't think that America is ready to heal yet. It's still too angry and it still has more to vent on both sides. Maybe. Um, and, and, I, and he said, what do you think? And I said, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you. I, I mean, I could go your way pretty easily, but I do believe that there is, you know, if you look at left and right, um, you know, I think that there's 10% there's of really angry people here and then another 10% of really angry people here, and this is left and right, and, and then there's the, the remaining 80 yards that just is sick of this, and they're trying to figure something out, and they're both looking at both sides of this, and they're like, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I mean, I was... Last week, and, and maybe I was, maybe, I don't know. I talked to so many people last week in California that are liberals, and they're like, I can't even watch CNN anymore. And you're watching, what are you watching? You watch Fox? No, I've never been able to watch Fox, but I can't even watch CNN anymore. I mean, I think there is a real appetite for this. I'm hoping that there is a real appetite. Otherwise, we're doomed. Um, did I say that out loud? 